Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. We're moving forward in Deuteronomy today. We're going to look at chapter 16, putting particular focus on verses 16 to 17. We're going to deal with 1 through 17, but I'm going to read verses 16 and 17, which sort of summarizes what's been said from verses 1 to 15 in Deuteronomy chapter 16. And so I want to encourage you to meet me there. Deuteronomy chapter 16. I'm going to start reading at verse number 16. Deuteronomy 16, beginning at verse number 16. Keep your Bible or your app open. Uh, You will see some of the verses between 1 and 15 uh, coming up here uh, in this uh, time of, of sharing the message with you today. Each year, every man in Israel must celebrate these three festivals, the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of harvest, and the festival of shelters. On each of these occasions, all men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he chooses, but they must not appear before the Lord without a gift for him. All must give as they are able, according to the blessings given to them by the Lord your God. Amen. Amen. I want, to, I want to try and talk today from the thought, which is in the form of a question. Can a brother celebrate? Can a brother celebrate? Amen. The text calls for men to lead three celebrations. Passover, or that uh, referred to as unleavened bread. Uh, festival, the festival or feast of weeks or harvest. And the festival of booths, shelters, Tabernacles. All of these feasts, festivals have uh, various names. The first one, Passover or unleavened bread. Second one, weeks or harvest. And the third being booths, shelters, or tabernacles. These are annual harvests. They're to be celebrated every year with men taking the lead in these celebrations. They were to help each generation honor God as a deliverer and a provider. In verse number three, the very end of verse three says, eat this bread, the bread of suffering, the unleavened bread. Here it is. So that as long as you live, you will remember the day you departed Egypt. It was to help each generation to remember the mighty works of God on their behalf. These annual feasts were also times of great rejoicing and remembrance. These were not times to be sad. These were not times to be heavy burdened with anxiety or depression or worry, but rather to rejoice and remember what God had done for his people. It was also to include an offering. These celebrations uh, were to be celebrated by men who were not to come into the sanctuary of God or the presence of God empty-handed. They were to bring a tangible offering as an expression of their gratitude unto God. Also, these harvests, these or rather these festivals, these feasts, were uh, a break from the normal rigors of life. 
And we all need that. We all need to take a break from the normal wear and tear and rigor, rigors and uh, just the mundane things of life. That's one of the advantages of, of, of having a day a week for corporate worship. You take a break away from the rigors of life and all the stuff and the drama and everything going on and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Another thing about these celebrations, these festivals, they were communal. They were communal. They would involve families, uh, the less fortunate in the community. And so it was not something that was done simply by the individual. It was something done in community. And then, uh, again, it was to include uh, the whole family and the less fortunate. As these men of Israel are specifically, the men specifically are called to lead these three annual celebrations. Look again at verse number 16. Verse 16 of chapter 16 of Deuteronomy says, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. God could have said, Y'all, these festivals shall my people keep. But he specifically called out the man. He could have said, I, I expect my people to uh, honor these celebrations. I expect these celebrations to be kept by my people. But God specifically called out the man, the male, the, the zakur, the, the male who is uh, to remember. That word uh, has a number of meanings. It, it means to remember. It means to, to monitor. It means to commemorate. And, this, and the remembrance inside that word male, inside that word zakur, is not just remembering in your mind, but it's remembering with a course of action. You, you remember by taking action. There's something you do to commemorate the the, what, the thing that you remember. But it also means man. It means male. It is translated uh, a number of times as male, a number of times as men, children. Then in verse number 17, verse number 17 of Deuteronomy 16, God again calls specifically for the man. The man. Every man shall give as he is able. This word man in verse 17 is different from the word males in verse 16. This Hebrew word in verse 17 is the Hebrew word ish, ish, which can be translated man. It can be translated men. Uh, all the men shall give as they are able. It can be translated as husband. All the husbands or those who would become husbands uh, shall give as they are able. It, it, it means male in contrast to female. God is making a distinction between what the men of Israel were to do in contrast to what women of Israel were to do. It is also a word, that word ish, is also to contrast a human being. It can be translated human being, but in contrast to God, that, that there is a distinction. There is a, a very fine line, a clear line between who God is and what a man or what mankind is. It can be translated person. It can also be translated mankind. All mankind shall give as they are able. Some could take a stretch and translate it that way. But it could be that word ish is also translated mankind. And interestingly enough, that word ish is also translated champion. Champion. Every champion shall give as he is able. Uh, it can be translated whosoever, 
whosoever, whosoever shall give as they are able. But I truly believe, y'all, that the context of, uh, uh, of the culture and the context of what God is calling for in this particular instance, that God is giving a particular responsibility to the man. I truly believe that. That in this text, there is something that God expects of the man and even the men in the body of Christ. Moses here in Deuteronomy 16 is calling for the brothers, the bros, the males, those who identify as male as far as, uh, uh, not those who identify as male as far as gender is concerned. This is not for those who may have female sexual reproductive organs, but choose to identify as male inwardly and express themselves as such outwardly with pronoun, pronouns as he, him, and his. Moses is calling for those who are males as relates to their sex and how God would view them as men. He is calling for men, those who were born with a, with, with a penis that has been circumcised according to Jewish law. Yeah, I said it. Jewish law and custom, the brothers, to lead three annual celebrations to remember Passover, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Why are men specifically called out to lead these celebrations in this text? Why? why? Why men in particular? It may have something to do with God's intended order for his people as they are about to enter Canaan. It, it, it may simply have something to do with God in, in, in his will for men amongst his people. The families were expected to be led by a man. The tribes were expected to be led by a man. The people were led or were to be led by elders who were men. The nation was led by a man with a few exceptions where there were some women who stepped up and did an outstanding job. But since God specifically called out the male, the man, given a dude circumcision, given a boy's name at birth, given a woman to marry when he and she became of age, I believe it is safe to assume that this mattered to God. The text conveys to me that God had a certain role for the next generation of males to play when it came to leadership amongst his people. One of the responsibilities was commemorating the annual feasts. The men were to provide leadership and appear before God at his sanctuary, representing their entire households, remembering the less fortunate in their communities, and offer the sacrifices God had required. If Moses appeared in our churches today and made a call similar to this one, who would show up at the sanctuary to sacrifice? How many brothers would attend? Now, we know the sisters would pack the place out. Pocketbooks in tow, checkbooks in hand, apps ready to give. The sisters would pack the place out easily. But would the bros show up? Would, would the bros show up? Well, uh, well, I believe Moses would wonder, where are the brothers? The next generation of men need to know they are expected to leave. They are not expected to oppress women, but they are expected to lead. The next generation of brothers need to know that they are not expected to keep women from serving. They are not expected to keep women from leading. They are not expected to keep women from preaching, uh, but they are, the men are expected to lead and provide leadership. 
The brothers, the men, are expected to lead their families. They are expected to lead their communities, provide leadership in their churches. But where are the brothers? Women are proving they are more than capable to preach, teach, lead, shepherd the flock of God, lead their own respective reformations as bishops and apostles. I am in no way putting the sisters down. We need the sisters. But if the sisters stop coming to church and learning, serving, giving, and connecting, we are all in trouble. This is worth discussing not only because of what we see with black men in church, but black boys in our schools. In an article entitled Unveiled, What is Keeping Black Male Students from Success by Drs. Joe Hawkins-Jones, and that's a female, and Stacy Reeves, they, they say, and I quote, Prior to entering a classroom, students of color, especially males, are already at a disadvantage. And many struggle with interpersonal conflict that prohibits them from flourishing. He brings with him a generation enraged by inadequately educated parents and elders and the beginnings of deep psychological and esteem issues that take root with his first engagement in society. End quote. I truly believe upcoming generations of black boys could benefit from seeing brothers in the Lord's church setting an example of leadership and celebrating God's goodness toward his people. Maybe one reason Moses called out the brothers to lead the celebration is so that it would not be perceived as feminine or weak. Can a brother celebrate? And I know brothers have been leading churches for all these generations, leading celebration for all these generations, leading uh, from the choir, leading as, as deacons, leading devotion, leading as pastors, preaching the word of God. But, but, but are there enough brothers leading the celebration in the home? in the community and even in the Lord's church are there enough brothers leading the celebration and providing leadership in Churn's church Sunday school for young people youth ministry are there enough brothers stepping up to the plate providing the leadership and being visible in the Lord's church and leading celebration we need brothers to set the example of leadership, even as it relates to celebrating what the Lord has done for his people. And Moses gave the men three reasons, three occasions to celebrate. Let me give them to you real quick and we're going to raise up. Number one, these men were to celebrate because God blessed them with freedom. These men were to, were to celebrate because God blessed them with freedom. Back up to verse number 1 of Deuteronomy 16. Verse 1 of Deuteronomy 16 says, In honor of the Lord your God, celebrate the Passover each year in the early spring, in the month of Abib. For that was the month in which the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. They were to celebrate the Passover. The Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the bread that they ate that night when they took flight from Egypt. They were to celebrate Passover. It was also the night when the death angel passed over their households in Egypt. He passed over the houses where he saw the blood on the doorposts and windowsills of the Hebrews' households. Their firstborn males were spared from death and made it through the night. The Egyptians, on the other hand, the Egyptians, on the other hand, were not spared. You could hear their mothers howling throughout the land as they realized they lost their firstborn sons and so much more all in one night. The men in Israel were no longer bound by Pharaoh. 
The Passover gave them deliverance and they were no longer bound by Pharaoh. When Pharaoh issued the edict that the Hebrew babies born as males were to be killed, there was nothing that Hebrew fathers could do about it. Listen, listen, when, when Pharaoh issued the edict that the Hebrew slaves were to make bricks without providing them straw and they were to maintain the quotas of bricks to be made, there was nothing the Hebrew males could do about it. The Israelite males, the Hebrew males had no power. They had no authority. They had no control of their work hours. They had no control of their work conditions. They had very little control over what Pharaoh could do to his family. They had no control over their financial situation they had little control over how they would worship y'all remember listen y'all remember that when Moses returned to Egypt he approached Pharaoh and repeatedly requested for his people to be let go and allowed to go out into the wilderness for a three-day revival but Pharaoh kept tripping and holding his people back because the Hebrews and the Hebrew male had no freedom he had no power but now as Moses talks to them they can remember how God did a thing with the Passover and now they have freedom they were no longer bound physically they were no longer bound socially this new generation of males who are about to go into Canaan will have freedom like their forefathers never knew and this was certainly called certainly cause to celebrate the God who made it all possible so now it's time to celebrate their freedom celebrate like James Harden being set free from the Houston Rockets celebrate like when Bobby Brown was freed from jail and ran into the arms of Whitney celebrate freedom Jesus celebrated the Passover in fact, his final Passover celebration was the night prior to his crucifixion. He was celebrating the Passover with his disciples when he shared what we refer to as the Lord's Supper. When Jesus held up the bread and broke it and blessed it and gave it to his disciples, that was part of their celebrating the Passover meal. When, when Jesus held up the wine and said, this is my blood of the new covenant, that was done when he, when he and his disciples were celebrating the Passover meal. After thousands of years since their deliverance of their, uh, of their ancestors from Egypt, Jesus and his disciples were still celebrating their freedom that the Lord had wrought for them. Now what do we do? What do we do as 21st century followers of Jesus in the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus is our Passover lamb. He was sacrificed for our sins. Sin had us in bondage. We had no freedom when we were in sin. We were enslaved to the inclinations of our sin and flesh. We were under the dominion of sin. Our worship was in bondage to sin. Our lust was in bondage to sin and influenced by sin. How we handled and responded to authority was subject to the power of sin. We were, as Paul told the Ephesians, under the auspices of the devil. But one day... One day we accepted the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, in our lives. And he set us free from the power of sin and our shortcomings. That's one reason why the Apostle Paul told the Roman church, and he tells you and me, don't let sin have dominion over your members. Don't, don't let sin have dominion over your mind. Don't let sin have dominion over your heart. Don't let sin have dominion over your hang-ups, over your strengths, or even your weaknesses. Because Jesus... 
Jesus has set us free from the power of sin. Is anybody praying with me today? And because of him, we are free to obey God. Because of Jesus, we are free to live holy. Because of Jesus, our Passover lamb, we are free to worship God in spirit and in truth. Life in Christ makes us free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So the next time you take the Lord's Supper, remember the freedom you have in Christ. The next time you take of the bread, remember and rejoice in the freedom you have in Christ. The next time you drink of the wine, remember and rejoice in the freedom that we have in Christ. Freedom from sin. Freedom from his power. Freedom from his penalty. Free to live holy. Free to walk in joy. Free to walk in victory. Free to walk in dominion. I need somebody to type, I'm free. I'm free. I need somebody who realizes that one day Satan had you bound, but Jesus set you free. And it was so simple. How simple was it, y'all? One day I came to Jesus just as I was weary, wounded, and sad, but I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. I'm free to be glad. Can I get a witness here today? So don't be controlled by your sin. Don't be controlled by your flesh. Don't be controlled by your past. Don't be held back by your sins and shortcomings. Be free, brother. Be free. Be free. Free to worship. Free to move forward into your destiny. Free to live out your yes to God. Yes to his will. Yes to his way. Be, be free. Uh, the question this morning is, can a brother celebrate? Can a brother celebrate? A brother should celebrate freedom. But secondly, secondly, these men were to celebrate because God blessed them with provision. God blessed them with provision. Let's jump down to verse number 10. Verse number 10 of Deuteronomy chapter 16. These men were to celebrate because God blessed them with provision. Verse 10 says, Then celebrate the festival of harvest to honor the Lord your God. Bring him a voluntary offering in proportion to the blessings, here it is, you have received from him. Yes, celebrate how God blessed you to receive from him. Celebrate God's provision. God's provision. These men were to lead the way in celebrating these provision. They, 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 had the, they had their material needs met by God. These men who had nothing back in Egypt were to celebrate God's provision in Canaan. These men who had nothing, very little in the wilderness were to celebrate God's provision in Canaan. They are commanded here to celebrate the festival of the harvest as a means of saying what we have is a result of the Lord's provision. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what all of the OGs need to teach the upcoming bros. Whatever you have is because of the Lord's provision. But again, as we see in verse 11, as I've already pointed out, this is a, a festival, a feast that is, to be that is to be celebrated in community. In community. Look at verse number 11. This is a time to celebrate before the Lord your God at the designated place of worship. He will choose for his name to be honored. Celebrate with your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites from your towns, those who own no land, own no property, and the foreigners, those who, who, who just end up happen, happen, happen to end up 
with you in your possession. Orphans, widows, those who are less fortunate, those who aren't collecting welfare. There was no welfare. There was no social security. There there, there were no food stamps. The only way they would make it would be from the compassionate generosity of others amongst the chosen people of God. This celebration, like the others, was to be celebrated in community. That you don't leave folk out. Not, not when God has blessed you. Don't, don't leave folk who are less fortunate out. Don't, don't leave those out who have lost their jobs during the pandemic. Don't, don't, lose, don't, don't leave folk out who, whose hours have been cut during the pandemic. Don't, don't leave them out when they've been devastated by horrific weather during this pandemic. God says through Moses, this is to be done in community. But then in verse number 12, in verse number 12, uh, this, this harvest uh, comes as a result. That they're no longer slaves. Look at verse number 12. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, so be careful to obey all these decrees. It ought not be hard for a brother to celebrate if he had nothing in the past and now, watch this, has his own, his own land. His own house, his own property, his own address, his own business, his own light bill in his own name. I know you hate paying it, but you ought to celebrate having it. Anybody talking, anybody praying with me today? His own water bill in his own name, his own employees, his own payroll, his own family, his own wealth, his own checking account. His own savings account, his own investment portfolio, his own health insurance, his own phone in his own name, his own driver's license that is no longer suspended. His own car, his own garage to park it in, his own way to work, his own way to church, and and his own praise, his own dance, his own shout, his own relationship with God, his own Bible, his own understanding of God's word. God has provided him with his own. The festival of the harvest was to happen seven weeks after they celebrated the Passover. This festival of the harvest was celebrated. Celebrated by the people of God during the times of Jesus. In fact, his disciples were participating in the festival of the harvest in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 was seven weeks after the Passover when Jesus was crucified. This was around the time, listen, the same time Jesus again, the Passover lamb was crucified on the cross, buried in a borrowed grave and raised from the dead. This festival of the harvest was also referred to as Pentecost. And when the disciples were assembled in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, during Pentecost, God provided the Holy Ghost to supernaturally empower these disciples to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost was not reserved strictly for the men. He was poured out on all flesh. In Acts chapter 2, verses 17 to 18, We find it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. The Holy Ghost is available for everybody. But the bros need to holler unto God when you're pouring out of your 
spirit, don't leave me out. When you're pouring fresh anointing, don't leave me out. When my wife is getting fresh oil, don't leave me out. When the young ladies are getting fresh power, don't leave me out. I need some brothers to holler unto God. When you're providing fresh anointing, don't leave me out. When you're providing power that can destroy burdens and lift, that can destroy yokes and lift heavy burdens, don't leave me out. When you're releasing fresh power that can cast out devils and lay hands on the sick and see them recover, God, don't leave me out. Father, when you're releasing fresh power so that your gospel can be preached with supernatural power, even in the midst of life-threatening circumstances, God, don't leave me out because my son needs to be saved. My daughter needs to be saved. My brother needs to be saved. My uncle needs to be saved. My wife needs to be saved. My mama, my daddy needs to be saved. My co-workers need to be saved. Father, of all that you're providing, provide fresh anointing. I think some brothers need to recognize that more than you need anything else for God to provide in your life right now, you might need the Holy Ghost more than anything else. Because when your job is cut your hours, the, the Holy Ghost can still give you power. When the food is running low in your pantry, the Holy Ghost can still give you power. When your money is funny and your change is strange, the Holy Ghost can give you power to keep on dreaming and keep on going in the name of the Lord. I need a brother who can testify how, how it feels that sometimes when all you feel you got left is the power of the Holy Ghost that you would have given up a long time ago if it had not been for God providing his power. You would have thrown in the towel a long time time ago if it had not been for the power of God being provided in your life is there anybody here who knows what it's like to have God to provide in your life supernaturally thank God for bread on the table thank God for money in your pocket thank God for money to cover your rent thank God for money to pay that car note but if you take away your spirit when David, when David messed up with Bathsheba, he said, listen, I realized I could lose everything. God, you could strip me of everything, but of everything you take, don't take your spirit away from me. Hallelujah. I need a brother who feel like he's down to his last dime, down to his last bit of strength to understand that God can renew your strength by providing fresh anointing through the Holy Ghost in your life. Maybe that's what you need to ask for. Rather, or, or in addition to asking for another job, in addition to asking for a pay raise, in addition to asking for that bonus check, maybe if you just ask God, give me something that can only come through supernaturally. Provide, provide power that can keep me going provide power that can regulate my mind provide power that can help me sleep at night provide power that can help my light so shine when my way has gotten so dark God I need you to provide and the good news is God will do it I said God will do it God will do it and I need some brothers who are deceived deceived by the world to understand a man's power is not determined by what he can afford a man's power is not determined by how many women he can conquer a man's power is determined by what the spirit of God drives him to do what, God, what the spirit of God drives him to become and accomplish to the glory of almighty God with the Holy Ghost God has provided us what really and truly matters so bruh get him 
Get, get him. Get, get the Holy Ghost in your life. Get, get, get the power of God to rest, rule, and abide in your life. Get you, get you some greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Get you some of that. Get, 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 you, get you some of that power that can, that can tell the devil he, ain't, he can't come up in your household. He can't mess with your children. He can't mess with your mental health. He can't mess with your body. He cannot conquer what God has already determined to bless. Yeah, that's, that's what God can provide. Yeah, so be empowered, brother. Be empowered. And if God has given you, if God has provided for you of his spirit, brother, that's a good reason to celebrate. Oh, that's a great reason to celebrate. And finally, the third and final occasion that Moses gives for the bros to lead to the celebration, not to be the only ones celebrating, but to lead the celebration, not only because of the Passover, how God had guaranteed them freedom, not only in providing for them, but thirdly, these men were to celebrate because God blessed them with success. I'm in verse 15. Verse 15 simply says, For seven days you must celebrate this festival to honor the Lord your God at the place he chooses. For it is, here it is, y'all, he who blesses you with bountiful harvest and gives you success in all your work. Yeah. God blesses us with success. This festival, this festival uh, uh, of, uh, of the harvest, this festival is also, or this festival of booths is also called festival of shelters or, or, or festival of tabernacles. This was another occasion where, where the people were to stop working and celebrate God blessing with success. This is another festival that was to be done in community. The brother wasn't to celebrate by himself. The brother wasn't to celebrate in secret. No, bro, you don't have to be boastful with it. You don't have to broadcast all over town so everybody will know how you ballin'. But it was to be done in community. Verse 14, verse 14, this festival will be a happy time of celebrating with your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites, foreigners, orphans, widows from your towns. Don't keep it to yourself. This is another celebration that was to be communal. Celebrate by being generous with the less fortunate, the Levites, again, who own no land, the, the foreigners who would end up in your, in your area, the orphans and the widows who had no other means of support than the people of God being compassionately generous. So don't keep it to yourself. Look out for folk who can use a hand up. Not necessarily a hand out, but a hand up. And then verse 15, they're told, watch this, y'all. They are told in verse 15 to celebrate for a whole week. A whole, take the week off to just celebrate God. How many of y'all would love it if your job would give you, in addition to your spring break and your, your summer break, your fall break and your Christmas break, what if they gave you a Jesus break? <laughs> A week off to just celebrate how God has blessed you to be successful. Verse 15, for seven days you must celebrate this festival to honor the Lord your God at the place he chooses. Seven days, a whole week. This feast was to celebrate the Lord's blessings of success. The harvest was reaped after all the hard work of tilling the ground, planting the seed, tending the crops. It was blessed to work out for a brother. Listen, the brother was to celebrate when the Lord allowed his hard work to pay off. 
I wonder if any brothers could celebrate the God that God blessed your hard work to pay off. I know, I know there's plenty of brothers on the stream and maybe some brothers in the sanctuary who knows what it's like to work your butt off and you wonder where are the results. Why am I working so hard and I feel like I take one step forward and get knocked three steps back? Why is it that I put so much effort into trying to move ahead? And the more I try to move ahead, the more I feel like I'm moving backward. Why? Why do I feel after all this time that, how, that with all the work and energy and time that I'm investing to, to, to move forward, I always feel like I'm still swimming upstream? But when God blesses that thing to work, when God blesses it to work out, when God blesses that dream to manifest, when God blesses that vision to come to pass, I need, I need some brothers to give God the glory and celebrate. Because the truth of the matter is there are so many forces working against everyone. Everyone, regardless of color, regardless of race, has spiritual forces working against the people of God. Oh, but the black man and the black woman, but the black man, we have some other forces of, of, of racism and discrimination and, and hatred and some that is the down low racism from people who say, I'm not a racist. Yeah, but you won't promote nobody who look like me. You won't hire, you say you're not a racist, but you won't hire anybody that looks like me. How is it that you're a racist, but don't nobody in the upper echelons of leadership look like me? Despite how so many of us who are well qualified have submitted our resumes and, and gone through the interview process, but yet and still, none of your higher echelon folk look like me. The black man has so many forces working against him. And to all the young bros, all the young bros who are still in middle school, high school, listen, this is why you need to get your education. This is why you need to learn all you can learn. Listen, learn everything. You need to understand that mathematics. You need to understand that reading and be able to comprehend what you're. You need to be able to do well on standardized tests. Don't let nobody tell you that because you're a young black boy, you're not expected to do well on standardized tests. And you, you just just give it your best shot. No, you learn how to master those tests. Get you a get you a tutor. Get you some books. Make your way to the library, or as my brother said the library get you some if you can't read that well get you some phonics and get hooked on that get rid of the excuses you can't you cannot afford to play into the hands of those who don't want you to be successful there are too many forces working against us too many forces working against us for us to have to have excuses for not being successful but if God be for you no one can stand against you and win. There are people who strategize to keep you from being successful. But if God be for you, no one can stand against you and win. So when your hard work pays off and you're more successful and prosperous than you could have ever imagined, give God the glory and celebrate him for blessing you with success. And be ready to tell somebody if it had not been. For the Lord on my side, I don't know where I'd be, but one thing I know is if God be for you, no one can stand against you. And when our young boys need to, need to see and hear successful black men celebrate the Lord. In that same article I read from before, Unveiled, What is Keeping Black Male Students from Success by Drs. Joe Hawkins Jones and Stacey Reeves. 
They say, they say, and I quote, in society, black males are depicted as predators, a threat to personal safety, which is not posed apart from how they are perceived in school. Black male learners are labeled as bad boys who are underachievers and academic failures bound for prison. That's what people are saying about our sons. That's what people are saying about our grandsons. That's what they're expecting. They're expecting you to end up in prison. Let me resume to this article. They go on to say, these negative stereotypes trouble black male students and may cause them to question who they are as individuals and their capabilities. It is asserted that indivi individuals who are negatively labeled for an extended period develop long-term feelings of inadequacy, and these feelings prevent them from achieving success. I'm going to close with this. I'm done. Listen. Brother, whether you're in the eighth grade or whether you're 80 years old, God loves you enough to call you out and say, I got something for you. I have responsibility for you. I have identity for you. I, I have chosen you to be blessed. I have favored you to be successful. I, I have ordained for you to make it. I need some young brothers in middle school. I need, I need some young brothers who have yet to graduate high school to understand that when you are in Christ, the question becomes, who, if God be for you, who can stand against you and win? If you don't get accepted in the FAMU, you go where you are accepted. If you don't get a scholarship to Fort Valley State University, you go where you can get a scholarship. If you can't afford to go to, to Howard, you can't afford to go to Fisk, you go where your money will let you go. If you can't take but one course, but one semester, you go and every day you look in the mirror and you tell yourself, God has ordained for me to make it. God has ordained for me to be successful. God has ordained for me to live in my own home and nobody's jail cell. I'm supposed to be successful. And I don't think it's arrogant for anybody in Christ to declare I'm supposed to be successful. I'm supposed to have what I need. I'm supposed to have purpose and vision and destiny. I'm supposed to have it. I'm supposed to walk in it. Bless his holy name. Moses was telling the men. When God blesses you to be successful, give him the glory. Celebrate him. Celebrate him. If you can celebrate him uh, by driving your Bentley up to the sanctuary, drive your Bentley. But when you get out that Bentley, you make it clear. The Lord blessed me with that Bentley. If you got to catch a ride in somebody else's hoopty, you catch a ride in that hoopty. And when you get out, you, you get out, you get yourself together, you get your, you know, you, you get out like you got some confidence, like you somebody, like you going somewhere, like you, you might not have it yet, but you going to get it. You ever, anybody, you, some people say fake it till you make it. I, I don't fake it, just act like I ain't got it yet, but I'm going to get it. I'm supposed to be successful. I'm supposed to have what I need. And if I ain't got it now, it means that I ain't got it yet. I know who I am. I know what I can have. I can be successful. Brother, you can be successful. Bless his name. So can a brother celebrate? He certainly should. He certainly should. I'd go so far as to say he must. The brother who is free from sin must celebrate what God has done.
The brother who has, who has been provided material needs and provided supernatural power in this life, you must celebrate. And the brother who has worked his behind off and God blessed it to work out. You've been able to feed your family, clothe your family, educate your children because God blessed you. You must celebrate. We owe him praise. We owe him glory. We owe him some hallelujah. Brother, we owe him some thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So don't keep it to yourself. Go on and celebrate. And let everybody know if it had not been for the Lord on my side, there's no telling where I'd be. But I'm a living witness if God be for you. Who can stand against you and win? No one. No spirit. No demon, no power, no principality. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up the young bros on the come up. Lift up our sons, our grandsons. I lift up those young bros in elementary school. I lift up the young brothers in middle school, high school. I lift up the young bros with questions, with confusion, low self-esteem, low self-confidence. I pray. That every man in every church, every man in the body of Christ will exemplify what it means to lead the celebration. I pray for every black man in the body of Christ who came up from nothing, started out with nothing. That we will let these young bros know you can make it with God. You can make it in business by doing things God's way. You can make it in corporate America by uh, playing by kingdom rules, God's rules, and kingdom principles. You can make it after setback. You can make it after you've fallen down. You can make it with God, with you on our side. We can make it. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the middle Georgia area, Please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.